Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. Hey everybody, this is the Famous Dead People podcast. It is the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions, as you very well know. This is our 101st episode, which is pretty fun. Not as monumental as the 100th, of course, but 101 is still pretty cool. It's technically the 100th normal episode since the last episode was like a fun mix em up with past guests, a real silly Billy trip down memory lane. And if you haven't listened to that, you definitely should. It's real silly Billy fun. Uh, for this episode, though, 101, I sat down with German composer Johann Sebastian Bach and 20th century Cambodian revolutionary and leader of the Khmer Rouge, Pol Pot. Uh, fascinating talk, really funny stuff. Uh, don't forget, you can always check out the freshest episodes every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. You don't have to wait a week and a half later to hear them on the podcast. You can email us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org if you have any questions, comments, or you want to have a uh, dead person on that we haven't had yet. My book is out, guys, The Kelly and Comedy Technique. It is out and available and hilarious, so go pick that up. Uh, and, you know, you're listening to the podcast. I hope you will tell your friends how good it is. I hope you will rate and review and leave a comment. And uh, go to my website whenever you damn well please, jarrettberenstein.com. I always have all the latest information on my upcoming projects and an updated list of upcoming shows. So now, guys, without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy Pol Pot and Johann Sebastian Bach only on Famous Dead People. Famous dead people. It's time. Famous dead people. Time to start the show. Famous dead people. Famous dead people. Famous dead people. You know. Famous dead people. Famous dead people. Famous story stuck in the head. You're gonna hear awful from even though all these people are dead. My guests today on Famous Dead People are German composer and musician of the Baroque period, famous for instrumental compositions like the Brandenburg Concertos and the Goldberg Variations, Johann Sebastian Bach. Guten Tag! And 20th century Cambodian communist revolutionary, leader of the Khmer Rouge, Saloth Tsar, a.k.a. Pol Pot. Oh, hi. Uh, Mr. Pol Pot, Mr. Bach, thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. Oh, thank you so much for having us. It's so lovely to be here. Uh, I'd like to start off with you, uh, Mr. Bach. Mm, uh, Please, call me Joey Bax. Uh, I'm sorry, Joey Bax? Joey Bax. I'm trying something new out. Joey Bax. I'm trying to remodernize, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to just like, you know, freshen it up a little bit. I kind of like that, actually, because I feel like you're one of those people who it's difficult to not say your entire name when referring to you. Mm-hmm. Like Jesse Michael Ferguson, that guy from Modern Family. You Jesse know? Tyler yeah, Ferguson. Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Sorry. Come you on know, now, I, man. I feel like... Modern not, Family is good. I, I agree. I agree. And he's, he's a delight. He's, he's a delight. He's a national <laughs> treasure. Uh, but I do feel like you have to always say Johann Sebastian Bach, mm-hmm. you know, and so I think Joey Bax could actually be a good branding change for you. I, I agree. And I also thank you for validating me. Uh, <laughs> You're yeah. welcome. But if you just say like uh, Bach, it's like, it's it's nothing. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. who's Bach? You yeah, know, I'm back. Or Guess baby got Bach. Bach, which I've been getting all throughout middle school. You know, it's fun. Guess who's Bach? Bach, Bach, Bach again, again, again. Oh. Right, Eminem? Yeah. I'm back in seventh grade. It's <laughs> not fun for me. It's so such anyway. a versatile name. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm 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 thinking either Joey Bax mm-hmm. or just Seabass. Seabass. You know, I'm not crazy about Seabass. It, I it's all grow on you. Give it give it the hour. Because of the Sebastian. Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Sebastian. It's not like I just picked Sebastian. a fish. It's like Seabass. Uh, Joe Joe Seb Joe Seb. Ooh. That makes me sound Amish. <laughs> I'm just you know we're thinking off we're going off the top of the dome. That's uh, fair. This is whiteboarding. No wrong answers. Pol Pot, if you've Johan. got one, I'm all ears. <laughs> yeah, any ideas, Pol Pot? I have, I'm not, I'm too scared. You're not good at nicknames, no. Pol Pot? Yeah. Now, all evidence to the contrary, because I did read this about you on the Wikipedia, uh-huh. that you famously said that you should always change your name. I want to get the exact quote here, uh, because you told your secretary once, quote, the more often you change your name, the better it confuses the enemy. That's right. So you did say this. Yeah, I so keep then, changing them because they're all so terrible. Oh, because you don't like oh, them. They're all so bad. Oh, I see. Each one is worse than the next one. Let's just go through a couple of them. So obviously, okay. uh, your name, your birth name was not uh, Pol Pot. It mm-hmm. was uh, Salothsar. Mm-hmm. All right. So then you changed to Pol so Pot. stupid. <laughs> 
stupid. <laughs> Opad. Stupid. No, no, no. It's a fine name. It's Both a of fine them are fine name. names. Yeah. Yeah. Salazar. Can you even <laughs> say it right? I, I, I mean, I thought I was saying it right. If I'm not, let Can me know. Can you try saying it, Buck? Uh, Salazar. Salazar. That was pretty it, good. That, yeah. It, 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 it's, it's almost like you're a, um, uh, like a lesser demon? Salazar. But in a cool way. In like a cool way. There's nothing to be upset about, Paul Let's Pot. move on. All right. Well, let's, let's just on. go over some of the other nicknames yep. that you came up with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was Pock. Pock. Yes. All right. Yes. Pock. Uh, was... And then if you hit someone, that would be a Pock mark. A Pock. Oh. There's branding in this. Exactly. Do you know how humiliating it was to be called Pock mark? Pock mark? <laughs> oh, you didn't like it that no. you were called. No. Okay. Okay. Well, let's, okay. well, let's not let's trigger Let's move on. All right. So there's also Hey. You just ask people to call you hey yeah. for a while, right? Yeah. I love that. I hey. kind of, I liked it for a while, but it got so confusing because I would go, I'd try to be uh, incognito in public and people would be talking to, to other people and they'd say, oh, hey. And I would look and it was so embarrassing. <laughs> oh, gosh. It was probably <laughs> very few times you. Listen, it's, fi- it's fine, Paul, but I'm sure this is all in your head. <laughs> uh, you also, for a brief time, went by the number 87. That's right. Is that right? Yes. What were they from, 87? It's the number I thought I was going to live to. So I was trying to, I was going through like a very um, esoteric, uh, looking into the future phase. Gotcha. And okay. I was like, 87, that's my number. That's that how the, long I've got. Is that the reason why, and this is true, you then changed it to 99? That's right. I is was that- getting ambitious. Can I, can I ask, how long did you make it? Uh, I stopped at ninety nine. Mm-hmm. You stopped. You stopped changing your name. No, I mean, like, numbers. when did you die? Do you remember how, like, old, how old you were when you passed old. away, Polpot? Oh, it was somewhere in between eighty seven and ninety nine. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Ball you cleared par- one ball. Parked it. I yeah. gotta. I gotta. Yeah. Think, I think you were like eighteen in the forties. Um, mm-hmm. And so then you died somewhere in the nineties. I think. So just uh, yeah, do the yeah. math. Mm. You know, everybody at home, you Everyone can figure do the out math. <laughs> all it was. Uh, Stop let's what see you're here. doing now and listen. Go do the math. Everyone, get get your pens and papers. I just want to ask you one final question about uh, your nicknames, mm-hmm. uh, the names that you changed to. Yes. Uh, the the last one I wanted to ask you about was you you decided to change your name to Fem. 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 P H E M. Yes. Okay. Oh. So what was the story behind that one? Well, you see, the story with that one, I was going through. I have many phases. Mm-hmm. I like to think of myself as like a rock star, kind of like Johann Sebastian Bach. Stop it, go on. Definitely, definitely a rock star. So I was like, okay, what is cool about rock stars? I'm trying to build my confidence here. Maybe I need to go through like a more feminist phase, but Mm. have some like edge to it. I'm dabbing right now in case you can't (laughs) see. I wanted to be edgy. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, so I went with femme with a PH uh, and uh, that, 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 that's where femme came from. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that, Died very quickly because everyone started making fun of how feminine I was. Oh, Pol Pot. You should try it again. It's a much more accepting time. I gotta say, I think think all of these names would have worked if you just had a little bit more confidence about them. mm -hmm. If you hadn't just abandoned them the instant anybody teased you even a little bit. I'm very shy. I I can can see that. I can understand that. But let's move over to uh, to Johann Sebastian Bach. Uh, I should know. I should let all listeners know. I did do the math and you lived 272. And so, you know, very close to 89, I'm felt, sure. Felt longer than that. I'm, sure I'm that. wondering when you, when did you go like, you know what, I'm not at 87 yet, but you know what, I'm just going to point to the ballpark right now and call this Homer oh, and yeah. change it to 99. Like, at what age were you that confident? I was, I was 47. You were 47. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. It just, to me, that's not even overconfidence. That's just, you know, I, why did I choose such a small number if I'm trying to use the secret, if I'm trying to make myself live forever? Mm-hmm. You know, why not shoot for the moon? Why not yeah. go for 99? But then at 72, I had a really bad dream. And then I, I just got so scared that I just, I died. You died oh, because no. of a bad dream. Yeah. I didn't know that. A death dream. Yeah. Yes. I mean, there was a little controversy about your death, but we can get to that uh, later on in the episode. Oh, please do. And I don't want you to have to relive the trauma of that awful dream that you had that oh. eventually took your life. Oh, well, God. <laughs> We're probably going to have to because most of my music was either about death or dreams. Oh, I didn't know that. It's true. It's oh. an undercurrent. Mm, interesting. Okay. Well, that makes sense with uh, one of the questions I have planned for you later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get to that, mm-hmm. so you are mm-hmm. Johann Sebastian Bach, Johnny Bax, Seabass. Uh, oh, Seabass. Uh, you are one of the greatest composers of all time. Thank you. Uh, but it really seems as though you couldn't have been anything else. You were born into a family of musicians and composers. You were taught music and composition at various and various instruments by your parents, by your siblings, by your uncles. You had access to organs and harpsichords and clavichords and ledger paper, 
all of which were well outside the means of many other people living at the time. So now, no yeah, no, I've I was the one percent. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, not just one percent. Like, like you were the outlier that was like, of course, this child is going to grow up to be a musical prodigy. Mm. All we're doing is teaching it music from like every available angle. And so I'm I'm wondering, knowing how like how clearly your life was directing you towards this life of music, was there ever any diversion for you? Any rebellions? Any other interests that might have steered you away? From this seemingly straight, direct path, this bullet towards being a famous composer. Uh, there was a, a a brief number of months where I was uh, studying to be a CSI agent. A CSI agent. Yeah, cr- wow. uh, crime scene investigation. I'm familiar with what the acronym, oh. the abbreviation stands for. Oh, is that oh, oh. is that from the, the TV show? That's, that's one of mine. That. Oh, they, that, that's yours. They borrowed that, and I said oh, that's okay. Oh my god, so many wow. popular songs. I know they all have a foundation in in your in your work. Mm. Um, and so so yeah, so you were training to be a criminal crime scene investigator, and this is of course in the 18th century. And so we that you did not have the technology available no, at the time. No, it was very difficult. No Most DNA. of it was hearsay. No big no fingerprints. No fingerprints. No computers. No DNA. It, we we had smudges and we would kind of like compare the the sum size of this smudge to the person's actual sum. So if somebody left what looked like a thumbprint, you would compare it to the size of their thumb. Yeah, and most of the time, it, I'm going to be honest, it was not even a thumbprint. It just like kind of was overlesque. I see, just a thing that made that print. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And also, a lot of people have very similar sized thumbs. I've, I found that, so that out, is yeah. not a good filter. Mine are tiny. Yeah, it's like it's like trying to play, oh, you have really small <laughs> fingers, so Papa. Well, Papa, you don't have to be embarrassed about that. Yeah. Look at them! Our, those oh, are that, extremely small thumbs. But that's great. It's endearing. The little parties. You have to start looking at these things that you're embarrassed about as what makes you special, Pol okay. Pot. Yeah. You know? I would encourage you to to uh, to to use that to boost yourself up. When I give people a thumbs up, they just start squinting because they can't see it. That makes sense. But I, see, I love that because then it's like you know you have to work for your present. You're unwrapping your present. <laughs> What's at the end of this? Look. Oh, it's encouragement. They, oh, they right. think I'm going in for a fist bump. It's so so. Because of because they so can't small. see your thumb, exactly. they, all they see is the fist. Honestly, exactly. if I'm getting a fist bump or a thumbs up, I'm coming out on top. Yeah, those are both positives, Paul. Yeah. Pat. You guys I, are, you're really helping me a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, well you know, okay. I, I want to make sure that that famous dead people is a supportive environment for everybody involved. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a big fan. Okay, so we know that the thumb smudge or uh, whatever smudge method of crime scene investigating was not all that useful, but it was a tool that you had. I'm going to be honest. It was pretty much just guesswork. It was guesswork. For the most part. This is why I only flirted with it for six months. It was my teenage rebellious phase. I see. Because mommy and daddy and everybody was a musician mm-hmm. and I was the youngest child of mm-hmm. like 11 kids. And, and all they, musicians. All musicians. Mm-hmm. It's It's like in the blood and like, I mean, I don't mean to toot my own horn here, but toot toot, I'm very good at it. You were very good. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's it's. It, I just kind of you know branch out on my own and okay, see what good I could do for the world. And it turns out none at CSI, but not, very good at music. Not a, not a natural talent for crime scene investigation. Mm-mm. Do you remember any of the uh, any of the scenes that you maybe looked at while you were learning? Like uh, like what crimes they were like showing you as an instructionary tool. Uh, oh, absolutely. Well, it's not really an instructionary tool because, again, they did not have it figured out either. Mm. It, it was mostly guesswork back then. But there was a gruesome murder Ooh, okay. involving multiple sheep and and at least uh. one hat. And we were standing all around this scene. I'm sorry, I just want to pause you for a second. The, yeah. so the sheep were murdered or were the sheep like accessories to the murder? There, there was a lot the of murder. The hat was an accessory to the murder. Yeah, that's what I... The like, hat was the only thing in the scene was that clue. was unscathed. It was a clue. Huh. Okay. It could have been a clue. It could have just been someone left a hat there. It could have been. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah. And so were you guys able to solve the crime? I cannot stress this enough. No, we were not good <laughs> oh, no. at CSI. <laughs> Okay, so so you didn't do a great job, but was somebody eventually arrested or I, probably anything? like oh. again, like we were just figuring it out. So even just communications going up the chain were not not did, always. Did you have a hunch? Oh, I had so <laughs> many hunches. <sighs> right, oh, who did you annoying. think did it? Even it, though you didn't have any evidence, of course. Every single time, Rachmaninoff. 
Oh, you thought Rachmaninoff did it? Every single time. Interesting. Well, he, you know, he had those famously large hands. Oh. So anything that involves Look like, what you did to Pol Pot. I'm sorry, are you okay? Pol- you brought up oh, the- that's right. I forgot <laughs> about your tiny hand, your tiny thumbs. It's fine. It's, uh, it's fine. I'm Berenstein, so sorry. You need to watch it. I know. I, I should have I said trigger warning. I apologize. I'm very yeah. easily triggered. Of course. Uh, if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio for Brooklyn. And my guests today are 20th century communist revolutionary Pol Pot. Oh, hello. And Baroque-era German composer Johann Sebastian Bach. Bonjour. Uh, so going over to Pol Pot for a moment. <laughs> so you were a communist revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and your army, the Khmer Rouge, took over Cambodia for a number of years. And what you did, and I don't want to offend you or make you feel um, uh, insulted at all. Mm-hmm. Is this a trigger warning? Uh, oh, trigger warning. Oh. Okay. Uh, and what you did is what I would call like really, really bad communism. You starved people. You executed people. You forced them to abandon their homes, their religions. All told, you caused the deaths of something like two million people, maybe more. The people you were supposed to be ruling over uh, and, you know, you were studying, you were a fan of communism for a very long time. You you got involved, you dedicated your life to this. Was that the vision of, of communism that you had? Or was this like you were trying for one thing in communism and just kind of ended up being this kind of communism instead? Yeah, things got a, got a little out of hand. Yeah, let's talk about it. So, like, one of the things you did, very controversial, you know, you had all these people living in cities and you're like, you forced everybody out of the cities. Yeah. And you go live in the country. And a lot of people, their, like, their infrastructure was not set up. So they all, a lot of them starved. They didn't have proper medical care. And then, of course, there were the mass killings, uh, the executions of people that weren't cooperating. What was the thinking there? How did it align with your version of what communism was? Well, it was, it was just a little unorganized at the time. Um, so it's so, okay. The story is I was just, say, I really just wanted to be just a hot dog vendor. And I... Didn't have. I just kind of fell into being the leader of the country. So I didn't. I didn't really know how to, how to get my bearings. I didn't really felt like I belonged. And then one thing led to another. I. I just. Everyone started just taking things into their own hands, and I was like, "Oh, I. I, I guess that's okay." I didn't. I just wanted to make friends. So. So if somebody asked me something, I would barely even listen to what they were talking about. I would just say, "Yeah, go." For it. Go. it sounds like you were doing your best. I sounds like you did, really tried your best, Paul Potts. Best. <laughs> and you and know then what? I just <laughs> blinked, and two million people were dead. And I'm no. like, what? How <laughs> did that happen? Here's the thing. So you said all you wanted to do was be a hot dog vendor. Mm-hmm. And so, did you feel like in your version of communist Cambodia, yeah. there would be a spot for you to just be a hot dog vendor? That's why you wanted it to be a communist haven. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I just wanted to sell hot dogs, but they were like, well. It's communism, so there's got to be only a certain amount of hot dogs you can sell. Hot dog vendors. Like, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. fine, fine. And so I started asking a few more questions. Next thing I know, I've, I'm wearing a cool hat, and I'm I'm in charge of all of the all of the decisions of the country. Wow. And I I, I also hate everybody who's not from Cambodia. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's you, a given. I did read that on your Wikipedia yeah. that you had. You're very xenophobic. I have yeah. a question. Yeah. You uh, selling these hot dogs. Yes. Would oh. you would you have called them pulled pork? Pulled pork? Pulled pork? I'm going to grab these hot dogs out of my pole pot. Oh, that's better. I, I, that's better. I, I think that's what you're going for. I, right? I was I was dancing around it, but see, that's what <laughs> I'm not a dancer. I'm a I'm a musician. Of I'm course. Pull pot dogs. Mm-hmm. Let me just the name of the pull stand. this hot dog out of the pot. Pull pot dogs. Oh. There's hot dogs <laughs> in the pot. Who doesn't love this? Are you guys making fun of me? No, no. no we're celebrating you, Pull Pot. This is a safe space for all. We are all encouraging and supporting each other here okay. in the Famous Dead People studio. I need friends. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? I, we, think, I think you just made we, two. I think you got... I think you've got a friend in me, uh, which was another also, one of my originals. Another Bach original. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everybody always stealing from the past. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, you're saying that this basically happened by accident. All yeah. you wanted to do was sell hot dogs. Pull pot dogs. Everybody, everybody was making decisions for you. You kind of didn't know what was going on. Yeah. You know, but did you have any, because it seems like you dedicated your life to communism and to fighting for communism. Yeah. Did you have any actual passion for it? It was it all was just the to get to hot dogs. Communism was so cool. I figured if I could be the best communist there was, that would put me right on top. Everyone would think I'm the best. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think I, I think I did. 
pretty good job. I think you did an okay job. I think I did an okay job. I mean, I think you did. You were a great communist. I mean, two million, but then adjust that for inflation now. That's like twelve. Yeah. It's a, a lot of people died. You, yeah. ruined, you did ruin a lot of lives, <sighs> but you were the leader of the Khmer Rouge, and that is something. That's you right. Know? Yeah. It almost sounds like what you're saying is you pursued you pursued mm-hmm. um, communism mm-hmm. um, the same way that like a stand-up comedian might pursue acting so yeah. that they could maybe yeah or like be, get their Netflix oof. special or something. Yeah, the coolest that, thing you can do. They can just get their really trying door. to bridge that gap, Jared. Yeah, you know, it's like like you you're doing this thing, but your passion is this thing right. and you think that that will open the door for you yeah like oh i'm gonna write for the tonight show and then maybe it'll give me more cred on yeah. the stand-up scene that sort of thing yeah i can see all right that makes a lot of sense uh let's go back over to uh, uh mr bach for a moment so Hello. uh you obviously a uh, a musical uh prodigy you can say a, genius at oh, a prodigy very young age too, yeah. Uh, you're 18 years old. You're hired mm-hmm. as the court musician in the chapel of Duke Ernst III in Weimar. Uncle Ernst. Uncle Ernst. Uh, I, I did not know you were related. That's a uh, Oh, no, new it's a nickname. Oh, gotcha. He's just like a friendly guy. Nicknames are very big in German. I didn't know that. Oh, yes. It's part of the culture. And, yet, ever... and yet you were coming in here uh, desperate for nicknames, needing a nickname. Well, you I mean, know. they're not in Germany. So, like, here, right. I'm just known as, like, my full name. So, mm. I'm just trying to kind of bring a little bit of home over so here. So, maybe you did have a nickname way back then when you were living in I Germany. I did. Do you remember what that was? Little Poot. Little Poot. It, it, like, I was fine letting that one die. I see. As I just kind of got... Hold on, doesn't that make you feel better about the various names that you had, knowing that box nickname was Little Poot? I like was, I was born in the wrong country. <laughs> I should have been German. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Uh, so anyways, you are uh, working in Weimar. Your reputation as a talented organist spreads far and wide. You're eventually promoted to organist at the new church in Weimar, where you begin to rub people the wrong way. You get a bit of an ego about you. You complain about the singers in the choir, calling one of them Zipper Fagatist. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Which translates, so which translates to Weenie Bassoon Player. Is that correct, uh, Johann Sebastian Bach? I believe it was uh, uh, Zipper Fajontist. Fajontist. Because I think your way is like... It's very offensive. That's very not cool. And I cool. apologize if it sounded like I was saying something. If I was saying what we now refer to as the F word, a derogatory for uh, people in the homosexual community. Right. Or a not pile my, of sticks. Or a pile of sticks, yes. of course. That was yeah. not my intention. Or a British cigarette. How do right. you pronounce it again? Just I, want to make sure I, I don't make that mistake I, I'm again. I'm pretty sure I nailed it that first time. <laughs> wow. Uh so like Fajuous? Know, yeah, that's like probably it. Okay. Uh, so do you remember this singer who you called the weenie bassoon player? Now, okay, straight up, he was a weenie. Okay. He was such a weenie. People can be weenies. You know, no way is arguing that. First of all, a bassoon is a very powerful instrument. You look at that, <laughs> and it's 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 phallic, yes, but it's like not oppressively so. It's more like Oh, uh, vuvuzela, but not annoying. Okay, like a beautiful vuvuzela. Ah, boop, boop, boop. Adorable pole putt. <laughs> you are so endearing. I can see why you love the Khmer Rouge. Oh, yeah. Can um, we? Can we like write uh-huh. an album together or something? <laughs> okay. Because like, I, I'm, if, am I? Am I? Am, are we vibing? I, I think feel we like are. we're vibing. I now, think we're buds. I just want to be clear about something. You're describing the bassoon mm. as a phallic instrument, and mm. I just want to make sure that I'm. Uh, I know what a bassoon is correctly. Okay. A bassoon is that one that starts at the mouth where the reed is. It goes up, and then there's a the sharp curve back down, straight mm. down, and mm. then and then it goes down for a while, and then another shirt. Back up, so like almost like an S, like the Stussy S, like a very tight S. Yeah, and you're saying like, that, that was a phallic shaped, just like instrument. a normal penis. Yes. Mm, okay, it's a li- slightly different than the penises that I have seen in my life. Okay, how many have you seen? Admittedly, that's not many. You know, it's, it's a, how many? It's what I've seen in porn and okay. my own, and maybe like a handful in gym locker rooms and stuff. And so, admittedly, my experience is not that varied my penis looks exactly like that mine does oh, too yeah. okay so we See? got two so we got we'll check off here we got two bassoon like penises mm-hmm. and my own which is not so i guess i'm the weirdo i guess i'm the weirdo with a, with the non s-shaped genitals i don't think anyone's the weirdo. again jared this is a safe space you know, that was very judgy of me so i apologize <laughs> Your oh, penis can be shaped however you want. But anyway, yes, so this guy this, was such a weenie. He was a uh, a weenie. Is, is it an insult to call a singer a bassoon player? Because that's 
you call him a weenie bassoon player, but he was a singer in the choir. He was a singer, but he mm. sounded like a like not even a bassoon, just like a bass oon. A like, bass oon. Like like it, which in German, oon means urn. Okay. So it, it looked like if like you took a bass, like the fish, and then <laughs> you cremated it and put it into a jar. That's what he looked like, be, but a small one. I gotta be honest, weenie. this yeah. insult seems like a real long walk, Buck. I'm better at music. <laughs> I did not I write lyrics that. for my music because you of this. We're no Henny Youngman. That is, that Who? is Henny Youngman. He was a one-liner comedian. Ah, uh, nope. So he was just this big weenie. Uh, you didn't like him at all. Uh, but you, this was not the only student that you, not the only person at the church that you attacked. Uh, another student attacked. Another student attacked you with a stick. Yeah. And you like had him arrested, but because of your reputation, they let him go with a warning, basically saying like, "Well, he's like this, and so what are you going to do? Not attack Bach with a stick?" And they even reprimanded you too. They're like, "Maybe you could be nicer to people, Bach." Is wow. that true? Is that right? Jet, I'm glad you brought this up. Okay, yeah, let's talk about because it. Because this is a soft subject for me. Mm, okay. You're a badass. Oh, oh Paulie. Well, let's not, Paul, but let's not encourage this behavior. You're this, cool. This, you're, why not? This, this abrasive. You're a cool guy. Dr. You're, you're House. Cool. You're a uh, cool guy, Paul. You're cool. Ego cool. lashes out you. on everybody. I see you, Paul Pot. I uh, saw you dabbing. Here, here. It, I'm doing one now. We're too. dabbing together. We're both see, dabbing. If you, if you two could stop dabbing for just a moment, oh. it, oh, it seemed like you were you were experiencing some contrition about these incidents before Pol Pot encouraged it and basically said it was the right thing to I'm do. Such an enabler. <laughs> no, no, no. I rest assured, I have no regrets for my actions. Why did you say that you're glad that I brought this up? Why did you want to talk? About because it? I wanted to set the record straight. Okay. Okay. Did this person come at me with a stick? Yes. Did I perhaps incite this aggression by, oh, I don't know, saying a, a couple of things? Uh, <gasps> did I potentially uh, smack his brother in the balls and what we <laughs> called a Jimmy Tap? Maybe. Wow. Did, did I somehow drop wow. kick his dog? Yes. All, these are all yes, maybes. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the thing is, have you ever seen Whiplash? The movie <gasps> Whiplash. Yes. Yes. With J.K. Siemens. Yeah. Great movie. Great movie. movie. Paul Potts a big fan. So cool. He knew how to get it done. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And that kid ended up a very good drama. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I was trying. I see. Okay. I mean, you know, tough love. It is a teaching style. I think that we've moved away from it now that it's 2018. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I have to clarify. Yeah. No love. I hated this child. <laughs> okay. So it was I all hated it. based in rage. But I had to focus that because I'm a teacher. What am I going to do? Sit on my ass? and say, oh, good job, you did bad. If, no. if someone's doing a bad job, uh, Bach wants them to know that they're doing a bad job. Break them to make them stronger, yes. Is this similar to the way that you would run the Khmer Rouge, Oh my God, uh, it's like deja vu. Really? You would have done oh. so well in the Cambodian army. Because, mm -hmm. oh I mean, you, you've, you've seemed very meek this entire time. My heart is so I'm wondering how it was that you, that you maybe did similar things to what Bach did, mm -hmm. where he was being, like, aggressive and you know, uh, almost bullying the people below you. Well, yeah, I just recruited all the coolest guys that I knew to mm -hmm. be in my army, and then they just took care of things for me. Oh, so they did the bullying. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I see. Yeah. Did they ever bully you, like your your uh, your commanders, uh, the people directly below you? Well, well, only my nicknames. Oh, that, wait. They were the ones. Wait, so they are the ones that gave you the yeah, nicknames? Yeah, all my generals. Or or I would change it and be like, okay, guys, today you're gonna you're just going to call me by a new name. My new name is going to be Aaron Johnson. And then they all started Whoa. calling me Aaron Johnson. And I said, what? That's not, it's not supposed to be a joke. It's a cool, cool name. It's a cool, tough name. And then they all just, it would be name after name. So that's the only thing they they did it was pick on me for my names but uh other than that we were we were cool we were cool okay. i was cool they were cool gotcha personally i think yeah. aaron is a beautiful name oh, wow. i think it's okay it's a great name it's all right i, I thought it was pretty cool it's okay at the time uh so you're saying that maybe the difficulty that mm -hmm. the population that you were ruling over had 
was basically just some really aggressive bullying from your commanders and generals, the people directly below you. Yeah, they were real douchebags. Yeah, they were like, they bullied two million people to death, basically. Pretty much. Wow, that's incredible. I I really want to find out more about that and about uh, some of your earlier life before you became this this great leader. Uh, Mm -hmm. We got to take a short break. Uh, so we will be right back with Johann Sebastian Bach and Pol Pot, our famous dead people. Stay with us. Hey, everybody. Just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars. Leave a comment. Tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us. Whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are 20th century Cambodian communist revolutionary, leader of the Khmer Rouge, Sloth, Sayloth uh, Tsar, a.k.a. Pol Pot. Hi! And German composer musician of the Baroque period, famous for instrumental compositions like the Brandenburg Concertos and the Goldberg Variations, Johann Sebastian Bach. Bienvenidos. Uh, so, Pol Pot, I wanted to ask you, so when you were growing <laughs> up, uh, this is before World War II, Cambodia was basically a French colony, mm-hmm. uh, and you even studied in France for a while, but in all that time, you never tried to assimilate into French culture at all or learn the French language. And I'm wondering if that was a conscious decision for you? Like, did you dislike that you were under the soft thumb of the French empire? Or is it that you just didn't connect with the French sensibilities? Maybe you didn't have any French friends to inspire that change? What was the, uh, what was the story there? Yeah, I just didn't get it. You just didn't, didn't understand the language. Who okay. gets it? It's so it's, it, they, they just talk too fast. I said, slow down, please slow down. And they just couldn't and wouldn't. And so I just and wandered you know, around Paris looking at stuff and not knowing what anybody was saying. Mm-hmm. No French person was willing to help you along at all. New. I see. And so mm-hmm. even like the French culture of like, you know, uh, you know, having a little bit of bread and jam for breakfast with a coffee. What is any of that? So you, what kind of French culture do you know about, Jared? This I spend, is not I what a, we know. I spent a good amount of time in Paris. I've been there a couple of times. I is, think I know a little bit about the French culture. As have I, buddy. Mm-hmm. I've played the in Paris the, Opera House. In the 18th century. So I'm yeah. sure that things have changed quite a bit since that time. I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't that long that, I mean, like you were in Paris in the... Uh, in the, you know, in the, around the 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. You know, I was there in the 90s and, uh, you know, I believe the early 2000s. Oh, you're showing your age. You know. <laughs> oh, little Jebe, he's oh. growing up. So, yeah, so you just you just didn't get it. You just didn't get no, French. No, and that's what, made me, that's what made me start hating everybody who wasn't Cambodian in the first place. Interesting. Yeah. Do you meet one group of people that's not Cambodian? Yeah. You don't like them. Immediately you hate everybody. You say, I'll bet everybody is like everybody. this. Everybody. Also. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, now it's uncomfortable for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, oh, because, of course. Once I get to know someone, start. I feel safe. I feel safe. Okay. So now I think we're I think we're good, Baki. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I now, love that. New nickname. New <laughs> nickname. Baki. Looks like Thank we're you, uh, looks like we're Baki and Blackie, if you know. If, uh, anyways, uh, explain. <laughs> explain. Yes. No. Let's spend ten minutes on this one. I was gonna say, you know, like back in black, like we're we're all good. You know, it's a common expression. I get it. Back How in black. common? I get What's it. Up? It's very common. Back in black. It's I get an it. It's a DC song. It's fair. Um. So yeah. 
So, you wrote most of their stuff. Right? I did. They got it from me. <laughs> so, what I believe, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, Paul Pop. Eruption seems, was my jam. It seems like you're saying you don't like anybody who's not Cambodian. Correct. But you do like people when you get to know them. So, so you dislike Germans, but you like Bach. I like Bach. Okay, mm. yeah. there you go. Becky and Blocky. Ba- we're Bucky, <laughs> Bucky and Blocky. Also, uh, I, I can't blame you. It's like m- most Germans ain't cool. You don't like Germans. I'm not. Generally. I'm, not, wow. it's not I'm not saying I don't like them. I'm just saying I get it. <laughs> I'm saying you've yelled at many of them. I oh yeah, but that is our primary form of speech of communication. That's how you talk. Yeah, they are passionate yet straight faced people, so mm. it just comes across as intense. I see. Uh, so you're studying in France, Pol Pot. Oh, yes. Uh, you found an organization called the Marxist Circle, mm-hmm. which is a communist organization arranged in clan- in the clandestine cell system. Big circular building. A big. Oh, so that, that's what the clandestine cell system was, was just a big, one, one big circular system, mm-hmm. a big, big building. Mm-hmm. See, I had assumed that that was like a, like a Hydra type thing where you organize it in like a lot of different places so that if one place gets raided, then at least... The other places can pick up the slack. Oh, it was like that, but mm-hmm. uh, a big circle. But it was also a, a big, big circular circle. building. Yeah. I see. Uh, so was this an organization with a specific communist goal? Like, did you form the Marxist circle to bring Cambodia under communism or was it just like generally in support of communism, like a communism fan club? Like, oh, let's let's tell everybody about how great communism is, that sort of thing. It was like communism camp. It was oh, like okay. sleepaway camp. So, oh, yeah. Com yeah. camp. Yeah. So there was like bunk beds and there was like arts and crafts and we'd make all this like communist memorabilia. It was really cool. Oh, like little lanyards, like little communism lanyards. Exactly. Fun. Yeah. And we'd all sort of talk about communism and then we all kind of like had to go our separate ways, you Mm -hmm. know. I'm going to I'm going to name some camp activities. I would like you to tell me if there were analogous communist versions Mm -hmm. in your Marxist circle. Mm -hmm. Okay, Archery. Oh, yeah. Okay. Was there like a communist take on it? Uh, yeah, of course. There was like a, so we had to all use the same arrow. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Uh, horseback riding. Yeah. Right. One horse. One horse. One horse. Okay. Yeah. We could've, all rode it at the same time. Probably could have seen that coming. Yeah. Uh, a talent show. Oh, yeah. That one was kind of sad. Mm, what was sad about the talent show? There was only one uh, once a month and uh if the person uh, lost, they would we'd never see them again. Oh, I see. If they were, did a bad job, that at least, they would disappear. That was very similar to the communism that you instilled in Cambodia. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's wonderful. I can see the connection there. Um, so let's go back over to Bach for just a moment. So Back in Bach. Uh, back in Bach. <laughs> we are so Bachy and Blocky. Uh, one of the other ways that you got into trouble while working as an organist in Weimar, you agreed to take a four-week sabbatical to visit another composer in Lübeck, Mm. A man named Diedrich Buchtehud. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Buchtehud. 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 Uh, you end up staying for four months instead of four weeks, which obviously upset your employers back in Weimar. Is there a reason why you stayed so much longer? Did you at least try to tell them that you were extending your stay? What is the story between behind this thing that was supposed to be one month but ended up being four months? <sighs> Jared, have you ever been in love? <gasps> Of, wow! Oh my goodness, Spock. Well, first of all, yes, I'm, I'm in a relationship now, so okay, that'll that'll answer that question. I mean, it doesn't. You just said you're in a relationship. <laughs> oh, you didn't say I'm in love them. with my girlfriend. So okay, obviously, good, good, yeah. good. Uh, I fell in love with with my little bookie. You fell in love with Diedrich Buxtehut. Buxtehut is a lot to say, so I just call him my little bookie. The little bookie? My little bookie. Little Great nickname. Ba- little Baki, little bookie. Baki and bookie. Baki, I couldn't write Baki lyrics, but I could do nicknames and I could do overtures. You had a and lot of nothing talents. in between. You had a lot of talents, Bach. It's more on the extremes. Wow. So you go there. Did you know Dietrich before you went, or were you there just to like exchange information as composers? No, I just crashed at this person's house without knowing them for a month. Yes, right. I know them. We, right. we had been communicating via letter. And so had you were you already like having these feelings, or is this something that you thought it was going to be a professional relationship, but then you show up and it's like, oh my God, the spark is there. I mean, it started out professional and then we'd kind of just flirt a little bit in our letters. And wow. like he'd add like a little uh, uh, quarter measure to a stanza and I'd be like, oh, I know what this means. Oh, you're saucy. <laughs> and then when we met, it was, just, it, it was just like, oh, 
like my heart exploded into skittles. Like oh, I just God. felt so alive. Your bassoon-shaped penis just got <laughs> erect. It became it became a larger bassoon. When I'm well, same shape, just larger. <laughs> so it wow. doesn't unroll at all. I mean, it, it somewhat unfurls an and engorges, but yeah. But it's just the same S, but just was erect and harder <laughs> and bigger. Are all your interviews about normal penises? Yes. <laughs> What happens if you play it? <laughs> oh, have you ever tried to play? Oh. Bassoon cheap uh, penis? No one's been trying, my friends. <laughs> yeah, as the Jedi say, you uh, uh, do or do not. You do not try to play a bassoon shaped penis. You, you just, just do. do it. There wow. is no try. Mm-mm. And so you and Diedrich are just exploring each other's uh, bassoon shaped penises. Well, he'd, uh, one his month. is more clarinetty, but yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, you know, it's a. Uh, it just, you know, time just sort of like gets so muddled. You don't, uh, you know, one week turns into four months. It's, it was a passionate tryst. So what ended it? Were you, did you suddenly get shocked back into reality? Like, oh my God, I have that job. I was supposed to be back. I was well, supposed to be back three months ago. Well, Jared, um, I mean, I don't need to tell you how old I was when this happened. You you can see the of course. list right there. It's, uh, it's in your early 20s, I believe. My early 20s. Yeah. When, when, you know, we were all just kind of figuring ourselves out. Mm, we're all works in progress. Yeah, right? Yeah. And so, you know, we maybe invested a bit much and jumped into this the deep end of the relationship pool. Mm-hmm. Hey, and time flies when you're having fun. It I does. And we were having... Lots of fun and sex. And mm-hmm. it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. But then I just kind of like, you know, when one day when you've been in a long-term relationship and they, you know, they wake up one morning and then just like they don't close the cap on the toothpaste. And oh. just, and just and all just, these little done. things. We're all over. these little things just add up. And you're like, why did I even do this? What have I done? Mm. Yeah. I can totally understand that. And so that was when you're like, I'm going to go back to Weimar and back to my old job. Yeah, that's when I was like, okay, you know what? Baki needs a realignment. And I, I kind of <laughs> headed on a back. A back realignment? A back realignment. Ooh, that's good. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Call, me, <laughs> call me a chiropractor because Baki, Baki needs, needs a realignment. realignment. Oh, that's good. That's good. I wish I could have used that in my breakup. Gotcha. Because that would have been funny and broken some of the tension. Now, shockingly, mm-hmm. this does not get you fired. The fact no. that you took a four, a, a sabbatical that was four times longer than you said it was going to. But what did get you fired was um, you, quote, um, uh, you got arrested for, quote, uh, too stubbornly forcing the issue of your dismissal. So not only yeah. were you let go, but you were arrested for, quote, too stubbornly forcing the issue of your dismissal. Would you care to elaborate as to what that means exactly? Yeah, uh, okay, so, Vini boy. Vini, Vini. Same old bassoon Vini. Same old bassoon Vini. At this point, while I was gone, he had become, you know, president of this little organization. Oh, my God. He, He headed this church that you were... The organist for. Yeah, he was the president of the church. Oh, my God. And I had been gone, so, you know, who's going to fill the the, the back void? Uh-oh, mm. I guess it's going to be this weenie. There was no Puts, one there to smack him back down to place. Nope. Put Zvini right in the back spot. Mm-hmm. And as I learned when I came back, he, despite getting this promotion, was still a weenie. And I said, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, I was gone for four months. If you've got to fire me... I get it. And he goes, no, we missed you. We need you so much. And this. Where was he from? He, uh, downtown. And he <laughs> would just really just like so little, little beta male boy. Like he, he and I just it made me so angry. I said, no, you fire me. I forced this dismissal. You fire me. Mm. And he wouldn't do it. So I punched him in his oh. nose. You punched him yeah. because he wouldn't fire you. Yeah, yeah, he's a Vini and I wanted to help. Wow, classic Bach, Gotta, Bach, gotta man. take him out. Really? That is pot a, gets it. That is Calls a the week. strong man right there. Um, I don't approve of that behavior, but I understand. I understand. I completely understand. If you're just joining us, this is uh, Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are Baroque-era German composer and uh, a real hardcore bully, Johann Sebastian Bach. Shalom. And 20th century 
uh, communist revolutionary Pol Pot. What up? Uh, let's go back to Pol Pot for just a moment. Okay. So uh, uh, let's go back to when you're 28 years old. Mm. Uh, you move back to Cambodia from France to join the guerrilla war against the king of Cambodia. Thank God. Uh, and, uh, God. That guy needed to be taken down. He mm-hmm. had taken over the entire government. Uh, but while you're there, you're working with this um, this this rebel group, but they strike a deal with the king and they leave Cambodia. You decide to stay mm-hmm. and you try to turn Cambodia communist through elections. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. So what exactly was your strategy to to excite people for the left wing parties, the communism, the socialism, uh, the candidates that you had that were going to try to be a check on the king of Cambodia? We had T-shirt cannons. <laughs> t-shirt cannons. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And we had we we like got some some fundraising and uh, we uh, we just launched some T-shirt cannons and then people said we don't need a king. We just hmm. we just we just got a whole bunch of free t-shirts from Pol Pot. So we're What like, a bunch of ingrates. Yeah. <laughs> so so we, we they it was really easy actually. Uh a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. People were ready to to accept a new life with t-shirt cannons. I see. So yeah. people they get these shirts shot at them yeah. and they would instantly bun be won over to communism or general left-wing politics. It was easy. That's wonderful. Yeah. That unfortunately, according mm-hmm. to Wikipedia, it didn't seem to be enough. No, see, we ran out of t-shirts, but we still had these cannons. <laughs> so we okay. just had to repurpose them. So for a while, you just had the cannons yeah. with their t-shirts. Mm-hmm. And so the election doesn't... I'm assuming that if you'd only had more t-shirts to shoot into people, then you would have had enough votes, but... Uh, the king and all of his supporters win every seat in the election. Mm-hmm. And so I know that hindsight is twenty twenty, but like, do you think that there was something else that maybe you could have done? Maybe bes- maybe if you just gotten more T-shirts that would have been able to get at least one seat of power or are, something? Are pants cannons a thing? Uh, pants cannons. I don't think I, they are. I, cannons. I'm going to be honest. I'd never, I'd never deny you, but no, oh. I don't think they are. <laughs> Damn it. Ma- if somebody you... shot a pair of pants at me, I don't think that I'd be about communism. I don't I've think that a, I would. I've got... Go on. Wait. They've got a button and a fly in there, so I'm yeah. just saying, like, those are metal hurtling at you. Oh, uh, yeah. Pot, dangerous. Did you have messages written on the back of the shirts or just the front? Yeah. Were you were you branding with these T-shirts? Yes. So messages on both sides. Yes. It had my face on the front, and then it said, Cambodian communism on the back. Oh, I love Pretty that. Pretty straightforward. Ooh, fun. Yeah. It would yeah. be a good hashtag. It's simple. Mm-hmm. Cambodian communism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Join the CC. Exactly. <laughs> Join the CC. Exactly. People love alliteration. And so. CC sounds like a fun, you know, woman. Just, you know? just, just a fun Cece. little... CC. She was the fifth... CC's outliving her own life. The fifth sex of the city girl, CC. Yeah. CC. You know? The forgotten sex in the city girl. Yeah. If what only... did CC do to? She was too busy <laughs> having fun. She was just out there. I'm sure there's actually a character on Sex and the City named CC who everybody was a big fan of. She was the sixth... Member of the Sex and the City because, because the, the fifth, fifth member one was, was New, New York, York City. City. Yes. Oh, <laughs> wow. Great show. I'm really surprised you weren't <laughs> on that poll, but. Great show. I really thought you were going to be a part of that. Ah, uh, you know, that show just. Slip by me sometimes. What was your favorite episode? Oh, you know. Yeah, Pol Pot. Oh, what was your favorite episode of Sex and the City? The one where she doesn't want to eat anything. You know, the main girl. Carrie. Oh, such yeah. a Carrie move. Mm. Yeah, she just she's like, I don't feel like eating today. And I was like, I get that. I do remember I that, that episode. They're, they're that, was a three, that was a three-parter, I think. It was. Yeah, it was <laughs> really exciting. She all right, like a hunger strike. First of all, Pol Pot, mm-hmm. I think that you are a Charlotte. Oh. For sure. Thank you. Bach, I'm going to go ahead and say that you're a Miranda. Oh, <laughs> I was just about to say I was a Miranda. And you, you guys made are, me so happy. You guys don't have to give me a girl. Oh, I'm not no, gonna, come on I'm now. not going to be offended if come you don't. If you can't fine. think of anybody it's from fine. me. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with you, Jerry. What, what do you think? I think you're an Aiden. I'm an <laughs> I don't get to be one of the girls. I think you're a Cece. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank oh, you. You're a bit of a Cece. That yeah. is a real compliment. Yeah. That, it really means a lot. Uh, so Aiden like, was also very, very cool. He, he was, was too a, good for Carrie. He was a pretty cool guy. I'm not going to lie. But when you're doing the Sex in the City game, you want to be one of the girls. You want to be one of the four girls. I don't play by other people's rules. Ooh, I love what him a bad so boy. much. Yeah. You're such a bad boy. I'm, the, I'm back to the bone. Taking names and Whoa. doing what he wants. Well, listen, not to make you... I mean, this is going to make you seem even cooler. Let's talk a little bit about your personal life, Bach. All right, uh, let's do it. So let's... in addition to this wild... Romance you had with the with fellow composer Diedrich 
over in uh, over in Lubeck, I mm-hmm. believe it was. Uh, you were also married twice. Yeah. Uh, uh, the first time to a woman named Maria Barbara Bach, who had the similar last name to you because she was your second cousin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have seven children, four of whom survive into adulthood. And then your first wife Which, dies. Which, by the way, I, I feel like I'm not getting enough credit on that ratio. That, that was is, pretty good. That's a little over 50%. That's, that's not bad. That, I passed. Wow. Well, let's talk about your second wife, because after your first wife dies, uh, you then marry a woman named Anna Magdalena Wilk. Wow. And you have 13 children with her. Yeah. And uh, only six of those survived adults. It's a little less than 50%. I mean, you know, uh, I was getting there. older in age. So that's 20 children or with two wives, 10 make it to adulthood. And I'm wondering, is that normal for the time that you were living in? Was everybody averaging 10 children per wife with a 50% mortality rate? Was that weird what you were doing? Or was it like, oh, no, that's classic? No, it's it's definitely a me thing. Um, So, okay, I am an encourager. I like to see, you know, people's potential and see what I can do to kind of coax that out. I think we've seen that in this interview. You've been very supportive of both of us. Oh, thank you. So you you. did that with your baby mama? I did that with all of of my love. Baby mamas. My baby mama. Yes. Uh, and and all my literal babies, and Aww. I, because I I I wanted them to really push themselves. I wanted them to be the best, mm. as I was forced to be. So, uh, are you familiar with uh oh uh uh, da, uh Johnny Knoxville? Johnny Knoxville from um Jackass. From Jackass. Jackass. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so to point out, the... Pol Pot does not is not familiar with Sex in the City, but was on board with Jackass. I like them. They're, they're, well, everybody knew cool. Jackass. They're yeah. a funny group of people. Anyway, cool. so you were saying. Uh, so it was kind of like that pre-TV. So I guess maybe a a pre-internet. America's funniest home videos. Okay, uh, like they like to do little stunts around the house and and, and jump off of things. They and... like to do this. It wasn't you forcing them to do this to make them stronger. No, no. I would. Well, I mean, okay. It, let's say one of them said they were going to do a big jump, and they crawled up onto the couch and they said, "Oh, I'm going to jump, Daddy. Look, Daddy, look." I'd say, "Are you in actual physical danger?" Then it is not interesting. Then I will not look. Mm, okay. So I guess some might twist that to say to gain daddy's approval, they put themselves in harm's way. But because you made it explicitly clear that unless they did, they would not get your attention and therefore love. Show me something new or get the hell out of my sight. That's how me and my daddy were. Oh, oh really? Yeah. So you get it. I get it. And look what you accomplished. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. So that makes, I mean, that explains why uh, so few of your children were able to make it. I mean, is that. Who a- was Paul Potts' father? Bill Basin? Uh, his name was uh, Craig. Craig. Craig Brett. I think I figured Craig out. Brett. I think gotcha. I figured out what you were doing there with Bill Basin. Yes, I went for something. It was a little joke, but again, a little bit of did a walk. Not oh. A little bit of a little walk. A little bit oh, of a walk was Oh, that. I yeah. get it. Uh, You're making fun of my name? Your father, no, of course. No, I'm making fun with you. <laughs> no. Look Polly. at what you've done, Bach. Look at what you did to Bach, Pol Pot. how could you turn your Bach on me? <laughs> no. Polio, no. Well, oh, Pol Pot, look at me. We are not Bachy to Blocky now. We certainly are not. This is a, this always happens. No, I'm sorry. Bach it up, buddy. Yeah. Bach it I, up. Bach it up. Seabass <laughs> is sorry. Would you be able to to accept Bach's apology, Pol Pot? I can forgive, but I can never forget. Mm. It's important. God, you're so tough. I love it. <laughs> it seems like you're really growing a backbone during this episode, Pol Pot, and I appreciate a that. A backbone? A backbone, if you will. Uh, so, yeah. So, it seems like, I mean, for you specifically, uh, Bach, death was so frequent mm. uh, that I'm wondering if you were even sad when a child died. Like, was there was your music sadder? During those times that you were making, or was it just like another day at the races? You know, nope. so many children pass away. Totes used to it. You just regular. Listen, death was everywhere back then. Mm-hmm. I think that's reflected in a lot of my music. I feel mm-hmm. like you can hear the the undertone through all my music of there's going to be a lot of death and chaos. Mm-hmm. But chill. But chill. We're all going to be okay. If not, you'll be dead. What do you care? Because I was wondering, because one of my favorites of yours was Air on the G-String, which mm. is a very beautiful, and one could argue somber, mm-hmm. uh, song. And I was wondering if that was one that you wrote during one of the many times that one of your children passed away, 
or was that just sort of like a throwaway, like, oh, you know, that was actually a pretty good day, and I just wrote air on a G-string on that day? No, no, that was actually a sad occasion for me. What so, was a sad occasion? So none of my children died, Zen. <laughs> uh, it was, it was okay, so I've, I, I was kind of just going through my mail. Mm-hmm. I remember the day almost too clearly. Uh, I was still married to uh, uh, wife number one, who I uh, affectionately called Bok Bok. Bok Bok, because of course you had the same last name. Right. Because so you're you related. And then she took my last name, so she was Bok Bok. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got a letter in the mail, and it turned out my my dear Friedrich uh, had been wed. Oh, the man oh. that you had had that affair with, Friedrich. Yeah. yeah. He gets married. He 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 got married, and then he took his his husband's first initials, so he became Friedrich oh. at that point. Yes, uh, I see. I thought I just misheard you when you said Friedrich. No, 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 no. Okay, no. At that point, his name was Friedrich. Okay, uh, it was a different time, a different culture. I don't have time to explain it, mm-hmm. but uh, and it just like I I was happy for him. And I was happy for where I was at. But have you ever kind of like had that kind of like, I'm happy for you, but at the same it time, still hurts. ooh, it's yeah, still yeah. Hurts. It's yeah. difficult. It very, it really is difficult when you see someone that you used to be with, even if you don't have any feelings for that person anymore, None. you know, it still hurts a little bit. It's and like, what understand. did I do? Yeah. Like, I'm not, I wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Then you, you write, then you write Aaron you on a G-string. You could back. Then you, uh, then you Diedrich. write. Right, air on a G string to sort of like work through those feelings. Yeah, I it just makes need perfect to sense. Get to it me. out. Yeah, I understand. Because um, also he had G strings, and so I thought that would be like a fun little nod to it. I he see. wore G strings a lot. Not at all related to the G string of the instrument. No, that... I wrote it in that chord. Yes. but like I mean, it was a double meaning. Yes, it's, it's, a, double du- meaning. it's a double. It's a double meaning. I okay. it was a G string named Aaron. A G string. A G string. Oh, air, air on the G string. Aaron, I think Aaron colon the G string. I think the G string. You know, in my opinion, anything Aaron followed by the, the letter G is is so cool it's in okay. my book. It's, it's pretty okay. great. It's okay. It's pretty great. It's, not, it's all right. It's, it's up there. I would say it's great. It's, it's okay. really good. You wrote a song uh, about it. You know, we are unfortunately going to have to uh, go pretty soon, but I want to ask at least one more question over to uh, our good friend Pol Pot. Okay. Uh, so let's talk about your revolution, your rebellion. Yeah. 1968. You relaunch the rebellion. It's all going great. You're taking over territory. You have the support of the villagers. And at then some point, you decide to switch from being just against the king of Pam- Cambodia mm-hmm. to being against just like general right-wing politics in general, pro-American, imper- imperialist capitalism, Ugh. et cetera. Is there a reason why on. you did this pivot? Is there a reason why you pivoted to being just anti-king to being anti the whole of the right-wing apparatus? Well, you got to start small. Okay. And then you just have to sort of build up into, you know, Everything else. Uh, so I started with the king of Cambodia. I was like, that's dumb. Kings aren't real. And then I, I said, you know what else? I don't like anything else. I went to France. Didn't like it. Not going to like anything else. So so I just wanted everyone else in Cambodia to see my vision. And I, I, so I, I just I, I had a point to prove. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I feel like I got my point out there. I mean, this ended up being a pretty good move on your part because once... The Khmer Rouge sort of like starts to build a momentum. Mm -hmm. The king gets deposed and he starts to support the Khmer Rouge against the rest of the government. He loved it. I got him good. You got him. (laughs) You played that guy. I mean, that is that is a pretty baller move for the person that you have been, uh, you know, dogging for so long Mm -hmm. to then support you. Like it felt good. It was a real confidence booster. Yeah. So then he goes on the radio and says everybody should overthrow the government and support the Khmer Rouge. Do you remember that speech Bra! that he gave over the over the radio? Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, I was just in my tub. <laughs> you were having and a bath, pole yeah. pot? Yeah. Pole was hanging out in the pot. What? Pole was hanging out in the pot. What did you just say? Jared, what are you doing? Are you making was... fun of my name? Jared, I'm not making fun of your name. I'm just saying that you were like in a pot. Jared, you know? a, Jared a bath is, take a, five. A bath is like a human take pot. Five. You think Walk my away. name is a, is a bathtub? A bath is like a human pot. Wow. I don't wow. think it's that controversial thing to say. No, we got it. It was just mean. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I was Please in my continue. tub. Mm. I was just, uh, just squeezing my rubber ducky and... um. I just ha- I like to have the radio playing because I like to take very long baths. They're mm. all like about five hours long at Sing least. Sing it, brother. At least. So I was taking a bath, squeezing the ducky, and then all of a sudden I hear the king turn on the radio as I was about to turn it off because I was like, yuck, the king. 
And he said, hey, everybody, it's me, the king. Listen, I was wrong about being the king. I want everyone to uh, rock with Pol Pot. And I said, what? Wow. Wow. With Pol Pot. Yeah. Rock with Pol Pot that is, is a such hashtag. a good that, that, Yeah. Yeah. A, hash- a hashtag? That's a hashtag. a hashtag. It's a new thing I'm doing. Wow. It's where you put a hashtag on a pog. Oh. <laughs> if we hashtag. had t-shirts, we would have had that on the t-shirt. If I, we had, we I, ran I, out. I can't believe you didn't have t-shirts at this know. point in the revolution. You I were know. still out of t-shirts. I know we ran out. That is such a shame. <laughs> Communism. And, and unfortunately, we have run out of time. I want to talk about pogs some more. As well. We'll get to that on the next time. episode. Okay. Uh, but unfortunately, that is all for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. I would like to thank my guests, Paul Pot and Johann Sebastian Bach. Bye. For joining me in the studio today. Uh, last Bye. Bye, question: Do either of you have any comedy shows that you're big fans of, or Twitter accounts you want to tell people about? Um, uh, Johan, anything you want to tell people about? Yeah, uh, I am just a very big fan of uh, this this show that goes on in New York City at the Magnet Theater. It's called "You're Not Alone," an uplifting show about depression. Uh, it's very, very lovely. They, they, these very funny people they take uh, sad things and then they make it funny and heartwarming. And the next one is. Thursday, November 29th at 8.30. You should go check that out. And Also, uh, I just want to plug one other thing. Okay. Uh, there's a podcast I love called Don't Mind If I Don't, hosted by, uh, so funny, a guy named Aaron Gold. His name is Aaron. Sounds like a real sounds, mediocre name. He's a real uh, average. Sounds like a pretty okay cool name. name. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a pro wrestling so name. Definitely check out that podcast. Don't mind if I don't. Yes. And uh, Polpa, anything you want to tell people about? Yeah. If you, uh, similar, if you go to the Magnet Theater, there's a team called Big Whoop, and they play every Wednesday. Uh, also, there's a, an all Latinx improv team called Chucho. They have many shows coming up. Uh, you can check them out on Facebook and Instagram. Oh, I love Chucho. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Chucho's so good. I, of mm-hmm. course, am your host, Jared Berenson. You can check all, all my stuff at jaredberenson.com. Buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now, and it is hilarious. Check out my improv team, Junior Varsity, every Thursday at 7 at the Magnet Theater. Rate and review the podcast. If you want to hit us up, please do. FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. We take requests for dead people to have on the show. We are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and see you next week. I think my head's too small. <laughs> These keep slipping off me. I wish I had a bigger head. You need me Why? to adjust those for real? Why? No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> okay, good. Oh, poor me. All right, let's turn.